here oh, we oh, go. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again. Also again. Just, just three in a row. Let's just let's just say it out loud. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Neat on Belly podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, J-O-N, and Brandon. And boys, today we are going to recap UFC Vegas 64, which was headlined by Marina Harriguez versus Amanda Limoges. Then we will get you set up with our picks and predictions for UFC 281, which is headlined by Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pajeda. And finally, all the news and happenings in the world of mixed martial arts and beyond. But first, boys, how are we doing? How are we doing? Episode 106, mm, to be 106. exact. That's what I weighed as a freshman. Really? Yeah. Did you compete at that weight? No, competed oh. at 112. Did you ever watch 106 in Park? <laughs> probably uh, once or twice. My <laughs> brother wondering. was more into that stuff. I could see Bryce being big. John he probably off, voted. Off t- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cheney right there. <laughs> John, off top, what is one of your favorite 106 in Park moments? Oh, it's definitely the Freestyle Fridays. Those were always dope to me. Those were, what was the Blind Blind Fury? Blind Fury, yeah. yeah Jen was on there. Yeah. Paper Boy. <laughs> What about the one? Who was the one where they were like, guys, he collapsed backstage and they brought him out on a stretcher? <laughs> oh, gosh. Who, yeah. Was it like a Morion or something? Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> it was so cringe. Free and AJ, man, the OGs. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Little 106 in Park. Well, um, yeah. What else, boys? Anything going on? Because we got a light episode today. Yeah. Not much. Not much. It's been actually a pretty rough couple of weeks mm-hmm. um, for the podcast because, man, these cards have been. Not great. Well, we have car- we have episodes that are like three fourth episodes, and we have episodes where we're cramming two into one. Yeah, it's been a tough week. It's been tough. Yeah, I promise next week. Um, even though we have obviously UFC two eighty one that we'll be recapping, we will have some form of a game, something extracurricular for next week's episode. Um, Got to get back to it. But you know, we had like the Heisman interview, the Sean interview, and those things take a lot of time to get mm-hmm. ready. Um, which, speaking of, if you have not, uh, please. Go to our YouTube, Neon Belly Podcast, and even if you've already listened to or watched that Hi Rita interview, just go there, click the little thumbs up, because mm-hmm. I literally, I don't even know if you guys know this, literally put over six hours into that video, and you're probably wondering how, because we just record it and upload it. Essentially, the audio got off mm-hmm. by like 0.5 seconds in that video. So I literally had to go through, and every time Hi was speaking, I had to move his audio to line it up with his mouth. Still not perfect if you watch it, but it would be greatly appreciated. Even click on the, the little bell for notifications oh, where we you know when we post videos Subscribe. on there. Guys, on there. I started Sunday night. I think Ash went to bed. I started when she went to bed at like 9 o'clock, went till 1 a.m. Sunday, woke up Monday at 9. I literally set my alarm. I work second shift, so I set my alarm, got up, I think at like 8.30, 9 a.m., something like that. Literally was doing it all the way up until I went to work, which uh, usually, well, I'll start getting ready, which is usually around like two o'clock. How much coffee is involved in that? Not much. Yeah. I just had one cup, but it, it's just so tedious, man. Um, and then, and then obviously the upload process. So not one of those woe is me things. Just please go support that yeah. in some form yeah. of value. If you could just click the thumbs up because that was an absolute nightmare and we're going to call Chase the intern and try to figure out how to <laughs> right. not allow that to happen right. ever again. It was also a great interview too. I mean, yeah. We, oh yeah, yeah, really great stuff. Um, I guess I was just more saying, like, even yeah. if you were just an audio listener, if you could just go to our link in our Instagram <laughs> right. and just click the thumbs up on it, that'd be great. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I did see. Um, we got some love. Uh, 
our boy Jacob posted us out. We got some Spotify yeah, five did. stars. Um, I don't know what, what happened with Apple Podcasts because I don't have that on mine, but yeah. I did see we got some got some love, man. It's about always great for us. Yeah. yeah. Well, every time we get um, a bump in those, um, man, we do see like a bump in our weekly, you know, downloads and listens. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot of follows on Instagram, four or five, six of them. Boys, we do have a new written review. Whoa. It's been a while. This is nice. So definitely shout out to our boy, Jacob Herlock. First off, on Apple Podcasts, I think, yeah, we got five new five-star ratings. So shout out to you if you went and did that for us. Uh, But shout out to R. Cutter, who says... Salt of the Earth MMA podcast. These guys are local MMA enthusiasts who enjoy the sport since day one. Their mindsets and analysis are well researched, fueled by their passion for the sport. Whoa, one more time. Let's go. Always, always appreciate those written reviews. Like I said, when we get even just a five star rating, written review, all that. Our views go up. Uh, Spotify, I think, like I said, took... I don't know where we were at. I told him I didn't even know you could track five stars on pot. Like, you could see, but yeah, I think we're up to like 11 or something. Something like that. It's something we have to log into as much. I, just I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. Either way. We'll we, take it. Yeah. We <laughs> yeah. appreciate it. And uh, if you want us to read your stuff out loud, all you got to do is go into the Apple podcast, leave us a review, and we will read it out regardless of what it says. I what like some, it. Would you? What if somebody sent us an email? Would you mm, read that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh i love it brandon don't change (laughs) don't ever i I feel like you'd prefer email version like formatted uh we need some better spacing here (laughs) yeah this font this font is terrible yeah need apa citation brandon go ahead and finish it out rate sub follow let them know one more time man all the things um rate sub follow (laughs) spotify we're on youtube obviously you can subscribe to us there like our videos um, Apple Pod five star reviews are awesome, as well as the written ones. Obviously, as we just did, we'll write, we'll read them out on the podcast. Um, but you can also follow, follow us on Instagram, TikTok at Neon Belly Podcast, and get all your content there. Always appreciate it. I feel like I'm forgetting something. I feel we, like might, we might need to start having Brandon just go live on our YouTube and just talk to people. I would one thousand percent do those like something like. What you do Saturday night? Brandon's seven rants. hours. Yeah. yeah, seven hours argued with uh, Levi. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I feel like we're forgetting something that we were supposed to talk about off top. Cannot remember. Hopefully, it hits me before the end, but we're going to jump right in, boys. UFC Vegas 64. Amandas Lemos defeating Marina Rodriguez via third round TKO. Boys, Amanda Limoges is an absolute viper. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a massive win for her. Uh, sometimes, you know. We see these fighters make big leaps between fights, and I think that's exactly what Amanda did here. Mm -hmm. Uh, She looked the best. I think we've seen her against an opposite, and then against an opposition, excuse me, um, at the level of Marina Rodriguez. That's huge. I mean, we Mm -hmm. talked about it last week. Marina gets a win here, probably fighting for a title. Um, Very close first round, not much action, um, but Limoges dominated the second round. Um, She even initiated that takedown there off a trip from the clinch position, which me specifically even pointed out last week is that was a strength for Marina Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. But once again, you see these fighters just make those really fast in in between fights, and we're seeing it at such a fast rate nowadays. Um, Just a beautiful little trip there from the clinch position. Stays on top of Marina most of that round. Then in the third round, just cracks Marina Mm -hmm. with a big right hand and then follows it up for the finish. Uh, Marina didn't go down, uh, was able to stay on her feet. Jason Herzog, though, felt he'd seen enough, jumps in. 
I did think maybe it was a tad early, but I don't think it was going to change the outcome much. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't really seen many people, you know, crying about that, but, um, I'm sure Marina probably felt like she could have kept going, but I think it's one thing when your hands are just up. Um, which her hands were up, but it, she wasn't blocking anything. Yeah, she was still getting there. tagged. When yeah. your eyes are closed and you just turn your head to the side and you're still eating them, that's not. Yeah, so I feel like. Chief. Yeah, so I think just a really good stoppage there, kind of saving her from just more unnecessary damage or or the inevitable, which was her separating herself from consciousness. You know, there. Right. So, uh, but what do you guys think about uh, Amanda Limoges here with a big win? Listen, I said it last week, dude. She hits hard. Very I mean, hard. She cracks. That first round was a lot more. I thought the first round was going to, they were just going to jump right in. There was a lot more of a feeling out process, which I think speaks there to was, what, yeah. what you were saying with Amanda being a little more, um, I don't know if cautious is the right word, but technical. Um, I kind of expected Marina to have more of the technical advantage on the sure. feet, but Limoges was right there with her. And then when she really started to pour it on in that third round, man, it just, as soon as she lands, man, it's just a different story oh, when yeah. she hits, when she hits girls. So, um, and she showed that man and she was, looked really good on the ground too. I was impressed by that a little trip, like you were saying, and was really just, I don't know how much you'd say like her ability to hold her on the ground was a testament to her. Um, versus maybe that's an area that Marina needs to work on. I say her. I mean, like I said, you know, I said it last week. We saw Mackenzie Dern on top of Marina and Marina handling that very, very well. And I mean, mm-hmm. who's better than Mackenzie Dern, you know, that's especially fair. when she's on top of you in that mm-hmm. division. So, but I agree, dude, for 115 pounds, which is the lightest division that the UFC carries between men or women, she has to be the hardest hitter. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. absolutely cracks with all due respect to like Zhang Wei Li mm-hmm. um, and some other like, female fighters at that weight that, that, that hit pretty hard. But when Amanda hits ladies, it's just different, John. Yeah, I think Marina struggled uh, being patient. I felt like she lunged forward a lot and didn't use her length as well as she should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think every and I think both of them had moments where they took chances, like in the first round and second round, where they were maybe reaching for some stuff and they both made each other pay. Yeah. But I think ultimately that's what happened with Marina, is just not being patient with that. And then, like you said, struggling to get up. Um, first round ending up on top of... Uh, Amanda, when she went for the takedown, sure. reversing and getting into mount, I was wondering like, okay, well, let's see how she looks next time this happens around. And then obviously she gets yeah. held down for most of the second round. But yeah, I think Limoges just did a really good job of smothering her, hitting her with um, a big shot. I think she just never stopped going forward. And when somebody has that length on you, you have to kind of sure. negate that with that. And I thought Amanda did a really great job of that. I thought as soon as Marina got in the cage, <clears throat> you guys can maybe go back and watch it. I thought she looked noticeably nervous. I thought something seemed very off with Marina, Um, you know, in the, I don't know if like, uh, maybe she didn't get the best warm up or something, but I thought even coming out as slow as she did and, and then even into that second round looked really hesitant. I thought to really let go, which all due respect to Amanda there. I mean, you don't want to just get reckless with somebody like her, but I did think, you know, don't want to take anything away from Limoges, uh, but I did think Marina just looked off from what yeah. we have seen. Not as forward, not as aggressive as we've seen her in the past. And like I said, I felt like when she got in the cage, she just looked a little nervous to and me. And sometimes when people face those power punchers, they do get a little pensive, even if they do have good boxing. And she does have really good boxing and head movement and those type of things, but I think maybe she just got a little too caught up in what could have happened if she misses. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, one of the commentators actually, I think, mentioned something about that that the the power that Limoges carries just forced forced Marina to be a little, just fight a little different fight, right? Yeah, and I think it probably put her into a little different comfort zone that she wasn't used to. So that may have been a little bit of what we yeah. saw. And that's why I said I don't want to take anything away from Amanda because I think any type of reads or reactions that were coming from Marina there were 
because of what Limoges was doing in there. So credit mm-hmm. to her. Can't understate how huge that is for Limoges. Ranked number seven coming yeah. into it. Marina ranked number three. If Marina wins, like we said, probably bang on your number one contender. She ends Marina's five-fight win streak that she was on. Um, you still have Rose Namajunas, Jessica Andrade, and Jan Shaunown, who would probably all have a case to make for being the next um, – for the title shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but a win like that, just one week before the title is being contended for in your division against a number three ranked fighter, doesn't suck for Limoges. No. I mean, catch an injury or something, you're right there to. Because obviously, with Andrade having a recent victory over her, that probably sure. keeps her ahead. But if something happens and there's, you know, somebody gets injured or somebody can't fight, you're right there to be able to get plugged in. Yeah, very smartly too, Brandon, putting her name in the the bowl to be uh, or in the hat or whatever you want to say to. Um, be a replacement fighter this weekend for that 115 pound title fight. I think that's smart. A lot of people today talking about that. The fact that she was willing to, to say Ste- that. To, yeah, because, you know, you're first off, to have a performance like that and a finish, and then to say, like, I'm ready to go this Saturday if you need a replacement, just shows that you're ready. Like, we talked yeah. about who we were just talking like a week or two ago. I was talking about somebody was one of the female fighters, got on the mic, had a shot, I felt like, to call out for a title. Who was that? Grosso. Was uh, it Grosso? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, she just was kind of like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, Limoges is like, hey, I just knocked this girl out. I'll come back next Saturday. If you need somebody to fill in, I'm ready. You know, like, that's how you do it, man. In a main event spot with a win like that, that's mm-hmm. how you do it. And I yeah. think that makes a real statement, and that's going to stay in the minds of the UFC matchmakers, I think, when they go to book the winner of Esparza, Whaley. Yeah. I wonder how realistic that weight cut will be after her rehydrating now. I don't have, know. I guess it just depends on how big she gets And credit to her. And, and even with that, like the weight cut and stuff, credit to her. I don't know if you guys saw much about it, but three of the Brazilian fighters actually got held up in Brazil. I don't even think they got into Las Vegas, they said, until late Wednesday night because there's some political presidential election going on in Brazil and they didn't let planes fly. I don't know if it just got kind of crazy or whatever, right. but um, it was uh, Pollyanna Viviana, I think, Limoges, and another Brazilian fighter. They had to, like, spend the night at the airport. It was mm. a mess. They didn't even know if the fight was going to happen wow. um, into Wednesday night. So uh, credit to her, man, getting in late, getting on weight, all that stuff just kind of adds to that. There's a lot of that. people who missed on this card. There is a lot of people, but it's just one of those things, like I said, when you talk about, you, you know, you asking – can she do it by Saturday? You go through that type of a fight yeah, week. Yeah. I think she probably could. <laughs> yeah, right. And my guess is, I mean, she's in phenomenal shape, so right. she's probably going to keep herself ready into this week. I'm sure she made her, you know, her request known to the UFC brass. So, really big things for Limoges. I don't know if it's. I don't want to say she's being on number one contender because, like I said, you still have a couple other. Could see her in a Rose Nama Eunice, maybe something big for her will be next mm-hmm. though for sure. I think. And at thirty five, she's you know this is this was a big she, win yeah. too is because you don't know how much longer she's going to be able to fight um, when she start getting know, close she to that great. forty. She still so. looks like she's getting better. Yeah, though. no, yeah. for sure. Boys, our next result: Neil Magny <laughs> defeating Daniel Rodriguez via third round Darce choke. Boys, uh, this fight delivered like we thought it would. Got off to a great start for D-Rod, who was instantly landing that big left hand of his. Uh, Magny eventually getting the fight to the ground, forcing some ground defense from D-Rod, who eventually got back to his feet and ended the first round, landing some big shots. Um, I thought Magny edged that first round, but honestly could have went either way. If you told me Mm -hmm. D-Rod won that 10-9, I 
wouldn't have any arguments there. Uh, round two was all D-Rod, though. Uh, I thought he was landing the bigger shots and uh, was really giving Magny a lot of problems there on the feet. But in round three, Magny comes out and just gets all over D-Rod, eventually finding that front headlock position, pulls D-Rod down to the mat, locks up the Darsh choke, and becomes the most winningest welterweight in UFC history with 20 wins, passing the great... GSP George St. Pierre congrats to Neil Magny what a way to do it what a fight I mean you could almost say what a comeback because like I said yeah. he could have been down 2-0 I mean you know D-Rod definitely won that second depends mm. how you see the first Brandon what did you think I thought the first round was a little more Magny I remember watching it and thinking this is very much 2-1-1 uh, one, one going to yeah. the third you know the winner of this third round is the winner of the fight but I haven't rewatched it um, and then, like I you know, said last week, I, Magny's way to win this is purely through his wrestling and getting this to the ground. I thought when D-Rod, when they were staying up, man, D-Rod just looked untouchable. I mean, he was tagging yeah. Magny up. He was hitting him with some hard shots. How tough is Neil Magny, though? Because he really just wore everything that was thrown at him. He's a dog, him. man. And uh, I, I think it's really cool when guys at the end of third round like that, when they when you get, when you he gets the sub, just it kind of yeah. shows that, like, willingness to still go to finish the fight not Absolutely. just be content because i think that was a knock on Magny. is like oh he just likes to kind of you know be behind guys and just stay on top of them be heavy and yeah. ground and pound no he'll try to finish you even in the third round and he showed it right there against a, a contender and d-rod so i thought that was really cool to see and i think that's what we talk about sometimes when we're like especially like in a five round fight right and we're like hey this person's been on a lot of five round wars it's the first time for this person that's why we make such a big deal out of it because sometimes winning fights late and just having that veteran shit mentality to win a fight like Magny does and understanding where you might be at in a fight is huge mm -hmm. and we've just seen it so many times and I thought Magny showed that last night yeah I think I thought Magny used that left used that left hand out keeping D-Rod away from being able to get close because D-Rod pretty much had to just spam that left hand yeah because he wasn't able to get in to use multiple D-Rod was doing a really good job of going to the body with his punches because yeah. um, he couldn't reach the head as much Neil Magny struggled getting his back against the cage where he couldn't use that length and that range, yeah. and that's when he was getting caught. And even in some of the like clinch positions, just wasn't really great for him. But I thought his corner did a really good job of basically emphasizing the third, like, don't let this guy take you out. Go for it. This guy runs out with, like, jumping Superman yeah. <laughs> punches and kicks and didn't allow himself to get backed up. And I thought um, – you know, at first I wasn't sure if he was going to be able to lock that in, but then I kind of remember how long his arms are. So as soon yeah. as, as soon as he was behind the neck like that, I knew like, oh, that's probably over. Yeah, I just feel like we're seeing another performance from D-Rod, though, where it's like, I just don't know how well-rounded his game is. And I don't mm -hmm. want to be overly critical because he did have great moments in that fight, could have won that fight very mm -hmm. easily. It's not like he was outclassed by any means, but we've talked about it before, too. We're just seeing an, an evolution in this sport now where you have to be good in all aspects right. and facets of the fight. And I thought, other than his left hand... Um, some pretty decent leg kicks. It's just very one-dimensional, and, that, and that's mm. very hard when you're going, especially against a guy like Magny, who maybe he doesn't excel anywhere, but he's pretty darn good everywhere. You yeah. Know? There was a few times where D-Rod would get into kind of like a double underhook uh, clinch position. I thought he might have went for like a body lock trip takedown, but he never just quite pulled it off. I do genuinely think that D-Rod might be one of, if not the best boxers at 170, mm. just purely. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, man, like he just – didn't really show a ton of tools yeah. when it came to the ground, right. defending takedowns, things like that. And so. I don't want to say he doesn't know how. Right. It's just we're not seeing it. You know, right. I, I think he, he trains at Syndicate. You know, he's, he's around a good team. I'm sure he's, you know, he has the tools to do it maybe, but he's just something in the cage. It's like it just we don't see it a lot. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's even in that – 
Jilin Yong fight. Right. That's kind of why I gave the advantage to Lee. I thought Lee just showed more, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, it was a close fight too. Don't get me wrong. Well, but. I think sometimes when guys get a, a move, his left sure. hand, there's not a there's not a lot of Neil Magny's out there who's right. taking that and coming back forward. Because when Neil would get caught with that, he would like blitz him and throw four or five punches right. and land most of them. He just wasn't that forward most of the fight. But I think when you get something like his left hand, where you kind of fall in love with it, maybe you just don't work on other things because in training it works so well. But he definitely needs to have a plan B or C because there's guys out there like Neil Magny that can go for a hundred rounds and can do everything. Well, I think you just need to have more of a threat too than like, like you need people if all they're looking for is your left hand, like you need to have that threat of like throwing in a takedown or two or like, you know, making them different kicks or something. Yeah, for sure. But I, I mean, I just, I can't state it enough. And, and a guy like Neil Magny, you know, I think that's 27 professional wins for him now. 20 of them obviously being in the UFC. He's been around for so long. Just love so much respect for that dude, um, he, and he's literally down to fight anyone. Uh, he, you know, Saul Burns is looking for an opponent and threw his name out there. I mean, I don't know if he'll get that, but I just love that he doesn't care who it is, what number is next to their name. Right, bring it. Like he's just right. like, I'll take him. Like I don't even care. I mean, that's like I said. I mean, I think he was ranked. 13th coming into this 14th something or you know mm-hmm. so he's probably not going to get the like number three or four guy whatever burns is but um you know i think still think shav katrachmanov deserves a gilbert burns-esque fight right. and 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 you know just beat a guy and you know, neil magny right so mm-hmm. um but dude just so game and just like doesn't just, i don't know it's just crazy to me how he's, he's gonna be so unfazed to fight anybody anywhere any t- and he's the definition of that like a lot of guys say it oh, but yeah. magny's really that dude man and that's why he deserves this 20 fights and, and to pass a guy like gsp so it's gonna be he's gonna be like the best mma like quiz question in like two years most winging as well to wait gsp gsp yeah. uh i don't know matt hughes yeah. uh, but also it's like and it sticks to what i said last week you have to be a certain type of special to take out neil magny mm-hmm. because he just shows up every single fight yeah I love that about him. Absolutely. Boys, next result, Tagir Ulanbekov defeats Nate Manus via first round submission. Standing high elbow guillotine gets it done here for Tagir. Uh, that's a huge statement for him uh, to finish a guy like Nate in that way uh, for his first UFC finish. You know, I don't think Nate's been finished since like 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like six or seven fights in there in between. Um, so huge finish. Even joked that his teammate, uh, Umar Nurmagomedov wasn't able to finish Nate Manus in his last fight, them going all three rounds. Very dominant mm-hmm. from Nurmagomedov, but never found the finish. Right. And especially not in the first round like Tagir did here. 125 pounds, man, I think he offers something interesting. Yeah. No, I think, um, I mean, Manus only has three losses. The one was the knockout you were talking about, and then you talk about Umar. So, you know, he had a couple wins going into that too, so he had a sure. lot of hype going for him. Uh, I don't know if the weight cut was um, maybe played a part in some of this but no dude i think nate looked great on fight night yeah no i, I, I definitely did I, I really thought i mean he looked hydrated i thought i think he looked really good and and honestly like you know i don't want to sit and you know there wasn't a ton of like striking exchanges but i did think what little we did get there in the mm-hmm. beginning i think nate did look the better striker he a looked bit. a lot more comfortable with his hands yeah for sure so um i would i would almost love to talk to nate about the matchmaking with this because when you th- i mean He's really close teammates here with um, Umar, Umar, right? Sure. Umar so, was in his corner. Yeah, and like so, how much of that played into this? Yeah. You know, just having a guy who's already fought you three rounds, and teammates, then yeah. very similar styles, very wrestling heavy Dagestan. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Um, I I, do, I wonder if some of this was for Nate, like wanting to 
not so much get that back the loss sure. he just had, but just go to show like, oh, you know, I can I can beat a good daggy who's got some sure. wrestling. You know what I mean? I I don't know. It just kind of seemed that to me. Um, or at least that's what I was thinking in terms of the matchmaking. But no, I mean, as far as for Deer, that was a fantastic performance. He was just dominating the entire fight from the yeah. beginning to to where it ended. And uh, yeah, well, it's just like we said with when we talked to Sean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Sean Fallon. Not many guys are saying yes to to you know Daggies, like you know, right. let alone for in Sean's case, undefeated Daggies. You know, Tagir is not undefeated, but not many are saying yes to him. Not many saying yes to them in back to back fights, especially like you said, Brandon being teammates. So credit to Nate, man. I mean, it just uh, definitely, I think he would agree. Just not his night, not his best performance or showing there. So. Well, and for Tagir to come off a Tim Elliott fight where he didn't necessarily look bad, right. that's a good person to get some ring time. The tough with. stylistic matchup, and then, <laughs> and then to the get best. a finish over some. By tough like Manus, I think that's a really good Agreed. showing for him at 25. Absolutely agree, boys. Grant Dawson defeating Mark O. Madsen via third round submission. Boy, the third round submissions adding up in this card. <laughs> yeah. Boys, Mark O. Madsen dropped Grant Dawson almost immediately into round one, and I thought, uh oh, <laughs> this is not going good. But as Ma- uh, Madsen closed the distance, uh, Dawson worked a really nice wrestle up, held on to a single leg, and eventually taking down Madsen. Madsen, uh, and then transitioned beautifully to O'Madson's back. Um, and then kind of the rest of the first round just played out there, right? You know, Dawson mm. had that body lock and, and Marco Madsen trying to defend uh, choke attempts and a couple little nice ground and pound shots from Dawson. Uh, then in the second, Dawson comes out um, and is just relentless again with the single leg uh, and gets the Olympic Greco wrestling silver medalist Madsen back to the ground. I thought that was such a statement from Dawson um, to go out and just kind of go at a guy where he should have had that advantage almost in, in a sense. Um, but again, the round played out with Madsen on his back and unable to get up. Then in the third, Dawson comes out and, and just lets go with his hands. I thought his striking, especially those leg kicks yeah, those obviously kicks were, nasty um but one of them eventually drops omatson dawson finds his back again the submission followed up soon after um that's 10 straight wins now for grant dawson seven of those wins in the ufc he does have one draw in there um out wrestles as i mentioned the olympic medalist how are we feeling about the future potential of grant dawson brandon i've been talking about making a statement right like you said going out there and out wrestling the yeah. silver medalist um that's pretty insane to me it was really just uh, the whole fight was a story of how wrestling so wrestling in in moments can obviously um uh take over jujitsu right but in this fight it was really a testament to how important jujitsu is even if you're a good wrestler mm, yeah um because Matson just really had no answer when he was on his yeah. back he didn't use his legs almost at all yeah very little guard work and then when dawson had his back he just had no answer yeah. I mean, he was just stuck there the entire time so Agreed. um i i thought dawson looked fantastic man i'm a fan yeah. I, I you know i i thought he it was just a great showing for him he did miss weight yeah um uh was this short notice for him so um this fight so marco madsen was supposed to face dracar close two weeks ago right. i believe on a fight night um and close uh dracar dropped out due to injury dawson took the fight and the fight got moved to this fight night um so I think he probably had a little over a week. I don't think it was quite two weeks that he had mm-hmm. to miss weight, but he even said in his post fight, you know, not an excuse. Sure. But it was, so I would say maybe it was like ten to twelve days, you know. If you, but mm-hmm. I don't I know. Think, you, I don't. I, I don't know what like a fighter would consider short notice. Right. You know, he doesn't have a history of that either. Yes, he does. He does. Uh, yeah, he missed weight in uh, 2020. Uh, was it featherweight? 
Oh. So it was 145 for- pounds. Um, I believe that is his first time missing at lightweight. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just remember seeing him more at the lightweight. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember him as much as featherweight. But I do think that's a huge win for him. Um, if, my bingo card would not have said Mark drops him with the first punch yeah. and then he gets out-wrestled the rest of the fight. Um, great finish, too. I mean, he, he as much as Marco is struggling to get off of his back and get mm. back up he could have just rode that back sure. out for the rest of the fight and just got a really good decision but yeah you know adding on to the statement about wrestling him doing it the way you did and then getting the finish is huge for him he's a not and grant dawson is looking like a really tough matchup for a lot of guys in that division i love that you said that because i i actually wrote that down i think he offers something very unique to the 155 pound division right like when you look at that division obviously we've talked at nauseum about how stacked it is um but especially at the top, a lot of guys do very similar. Like, we're going to talk about Chandler Poyer. I mean, those are very similar guys with very similar, you know, Gaethje. You know, I mean, they're all different in their own respect, right? Mm-hmm. But um, other than Islam right now, like, most of those guys up there, I think Dawson just offers something very interesting that's going to create a lot of really good matchups for him as he's moving up. I do think it's going to be a while before he faces some top 10. He's not even ranked going into this fight. I think right. that's going to change. Um, loved his call out there. Um of Tony Ferguson yeah. said he wants his spot in the rankings. And if him and Tony don't fight next, he wanted everybody to know it's because Tony turned him down. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you use your dang mic time. man. Right. And he, he didn't even look that comfortable doing it. Like we've talked about personality wise. That's just not some people, but I thought it was really good. You could tell he had worked on it. He had thought about it. And man, when you make statements like that, or just get that time, like, and, and this isn't even just us talking, right? Like, DC's a big proponent on that as well. Use your time on the mic to sell yourself, to get your next fight, your next opportunity, and how big, especially, Tony's still a name, right? Regardless of where he is in his career, but that would be big for a young guy like Dawson to, to continue to build his name off of a guy like Tony. So, um, I think if Tony is still in the business of fighting, these kind of gatekeeper-esque fights are what he should be doing other than maybe like, you know, other veterans. But what are your guys' thoughts on a potential Grant Dawson, Tony Ferguson? Because I love it. Yeah. I think it's a great I'm here, idea. I'm here for it. And I Tony mean, is like right at the edge of the ranking. So right. it's time to probably make some room. And I think that makes a ton of sense. The biggest problem to me is, I don't know, this. I, I just, it surprises me that Tony's still active and they're still pushing him to yeah. you know, fire. I think that makes the most sense probably for an opponent for Tony. Um, and I think it's a great opportunity for Dawson. So I think the Dawson's the biggest winner in that, honestly. The question is, are they going to give it to Tony? Absolutely. Uh, do, before we move on, as John had mentioned earlier, uh, UFC record tying four fighters missed weight on this card. At one point, it was going to be the most because there was five. And then I think one one of the female fighters like cut her hair off just mm-hmm. to make weight. What? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Does that work? It was the girl that played the young, uh, something young. She, the lady that lost to Miranda Maverick. What's her name? Uh, I can't remember, but yeah, she cut her hair off to make weight because it was at five. So this card was very weird, man. You know, like, and this is what we're saying. Like, you know, it's kind of tough when you're we're on this run now, right? Of some, some kind of interesting fight nights where like big fights have fallen off, like. Ivloyov and Bryce Mitchell was supposed to be added on this card. You also had Josh Parisian and Chase Sherman uh, that fell off the morning of this fight card. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parisian, like, something going on with him, but he said he has to see, like, a cardiologist and stuff. Sheesh. So, um, yeah, he, like, woke up and had, like, heart palpitations and stuff, had mm. to go to the ER. So, this card was a little funny to begin with, mm. but, yeah, just a really weird uh, overall with, like, just some weird circumstances there. So. Like the Derek Minner with his knee. I, was it as near as toe? Yeah, I didn't bring that one up because the way it kind of ended. Yeah, but I'm just saying it goes along with what we've been seeing the past like 
you know, three, four weeks of people just getting these weird leg injuries yeah. in the middle of fights. And he went down a couple of times and went for it and ended up obviously getting finished. Yeah, but. absolutely. Boys, before we move on to UFC 281, I think I'm going to be really excited here. I'm going to be a happy boy. <laughs> Brandon, update us on our scores. All right, so Nate, you came away with three points last night. Yes, so, I did. Yeah, so you're sitting at 77. Uh, I had one point, so I'm three points behind you, so I'm 74, and John, John, you had one point, so you are at 61. I thought he had zero. No. You got one. Who did he pick? called Neil Mackney. Yeah. Oh, I thought you took D-Rod. My apologies. No. I oh, I was I could not wait to light you up again. I've been literally thinking about <laughs> it all. I woke up this morning, and I literally, first thing, one of the first things I thought was like, John got zero points again. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. John... There's gonna there, there has to be some punishment for how bad you are. No, <laughs> you were in last place the whole season. Last, last place, year. but I never was as bad as you are. You don't know that. This is this is. It wasn't even close. You weren't is, even in the competition. This last is year. the worst run historically in the history no. of this podcast. This is it's the worst run. Nobody's even been this bad. No. I would say that's true. No, yeah, it's, it's not. True. I think our listeners would say that's true. No, <laughs> not even close. Yeah, I mean the fact that you're like like almost bragging about scoring one point. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, how, how many points did you score? Bro, I'm three points away from the lead, and you I was leading. But I'm just saying, we're talking about in this oh. recent little run. But that's almost the same. But that's almost the point. Yeah, I scored one point, but that doesn't mean much when I constantly score points. <laughs> you barely ever do. So it's and here's a big the thing: deal. at one point, you were up like 20 points on all of us. Yeah, I got to make it interesting. And then now I, he's just coming over you. I, I love, love, love that point. That he is getting. He's like, no, I got one. <laughs> yeah, so we one point. Yeah. Hey, I'm just saying. This point, I'm doing as good as you are doing the past two weeks. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. Sixty points. I think. Points. I think. I think John. Like we're borderline either like a an a, an episode suspension maybe, wow. or uh, shaving the beard. Something's got to happen. I like no. that, John. That when, gets interesting. When have you ever shaved? When's the last time you shaved your beard? I don't. When were you last beardless? Give us when, the when I grew it. Like I know, when give us the that? year. Um, probably like 2012. I think it's I think it's only right. I mean, no. this has been so bad for you. No, you were way worse than me last John, year. John, me and Brandon could not score a point for the rest of the year, and you would still come That's in last place. That's not true. <laughs> yes, you would. No, it's not. <laughs> I don't even think math. There's three points per fight. I don't even know if mathematically you could <laughs> catch up at this. You would it's have to score every point on every card. Yeah, that's actually kind of close. I think, I think no. it would be pretty How close. How many fights we got left? Like what? Six, five four, or six? Four, yeah, something like that. 12 points. You got 60. Yeah, man. It's it's mm, bad, John. No. It's really bad. Boys, are we ready for UFC? I'm getting John warmed up for this main event. <laughs> UFC oh, 281. Yeah. <laughs> this Saturday, November 12th, boys, Madison Square Garden, New York. Um, before we, <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Before we get to our picks, boys, a little fun fact about New York city. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite ones yet. You are 10 times more likely to be bitten by a New Yorker than a shark. Each year, New York reports around 1600 incidents of humans biting humans. While last year, 2021, there was just 137 reported cases of shark bites globally. Having just been to New York, I can confirm this is probably very true. Yeah. Mm, that's <laughs> so. a great stat, but yeah. Just a little fun fact. That's yeah. rough. Next time you're in New York, just think like. I don't know if I want to go to New York, man. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, after hey. hearing your story, now I'm going to get bit. Just got to keep I your just, hands ready, man. I mean, just think about it. Next time you're in New York, like, look around like, hey, I might get bitten by another human. Maybe wear Teflon on. <laughs> I, some a little chain mail. The, the the report that I actually read for that said it's been like consistently at least sixteen hundred reported biting cases. <laughs> yeah. The only thing I could think is like you got to throw in kids and that kind of thing. If it's just very human, true, human. 
Very true. But even in those, this is what was got real interesting in the 137 reported shark cases. Um, it said like only 38 of them were like involuntary and like what? <laughs> like 47 were volunteer. Probably people like getting I'll, in those cages watching was, them or something. I yeah. Don't know. Very, very interesting. Would you do that? Would you guys get into a cage, go down to the ocean? Uh, no. no. You wouldn't do that? No. Oh, I'd be all over that. Listen to me. It's hard enough to live on the streets of New York. I don't need to go down in the cage. Yeah. <laughs> if I want to get bit, I'll just go to New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boys, let's get to our main event. Ah, here we go. The champion, Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pajeda. John, take it away. Izzy's the best. Uh, Alex sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's your rundown. <laughs> uh, in a rare trilogy fight where we have two bouts not only happening outside the UFC, but outside the sport of MMA, we see one of the biggest grudge matches in recent history with Alec Pajeda getting his shot at reigning middleweight champ Israel Adesanya. That's very interesting. This might be the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, I've, I was trying to think, like, I've seen, like, obviously people have maybe wrestled each other, but possibly, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen it um, yeah, like this. Yeah, trilogy fight where the first two... Different sport. Yeah, I can't think yeah. of any off top. That's uh, maybe even, there's been some outside the UFC, but not even like that. Yeah. Um, this fight's everything you could ask for. There's a history of Alex beating Izzy twice in the realm of kickboxing. The latter of those making Alex the only person to ever knock Izzy out. Izzy made the move to MMA in his seventh fight in the UFC, wins the title, since has defended five times. Alex moved to MMA after losing his first fight, won three in a row, then won three in a row in the UFC, now finding himself against the champion. Um, super confident. Training with Glover um, has his opportunity since he started MMA, and now you know you have Israel. With he's acknowledging that this test is a is a big fight for him, going as far as to say that winning against this opponent is more important than winning the title, like regaining the title in the win. I agree. Um, having lapped the 185 division at this point, and with his last couple fights being by decision, many people see this as his biggest challenge yet, and I'm expecting a lot of fireworks in this one, fellas. Dude, I can't agree with that. Cool. I didn't even know that he had said that about this because I wanted to, that's something I was actually going to bring up to you guys. You know, a couple weeks ago, um, I had said, and I still feel that way this week is this feels like the biggest fight of Izzy's MMA career. Yeah. And, and this is going to be a huge fight win or lose good or bad for the legacy. I think of mm -hmm. his MMA career. So I want to ask you guys is, um, I, um, Cause, well, cause I, and let me say this too, when, when we're talking the biggest, cause I know you had kind of asked a little bit about like, well, what do you mean the biggest is I think this is drawing a lot of interest from casuals where I don't think all of Izzy, a lot of Izzy's fights, especially recently really have. Mm -hmm. Um, and even kind of, um, going beyond less than casuals, I think are very interested in this fight, this matchup. Um, the odds are even a little close, pretty close. Mm -hmm. I think the last I saw it's, uh, Izzy's minus minus one eighty, yeah. and Alec is one fifty five plus one plus one. Yeah. It's almost going to be dang near a pick them. It seems like could get there. Just crazy to say it is, but I think the, the intrigue, do you guys think, or I mean, is the intrigue of this fight more credited to the growth of Alex in MMA or the lack thereof, the lack of growth in Izzy's overall mixed martial arts game? Well, that's a good question. Can I think about that for a second? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, you can think about it because I just think that's, I think that has to be something to be said there. I mean, not to kind of bury my pick here, I have literally no notes for my pick on that. Like, I usually try to have some notes written down. Mm -hmm. This is the first time I've never had anything written down on what I want to say, what I'm thinking, because I literally do not know. Right. And, like, I'm, like, in the heat of the moment, I'm just going to think it out. But as I'm thinking of it, I'm like, I feel like the only reason I feel this way, because this, like, you're sitting here saying, or you just said, John, and I'm glad you brought that up, is Izzy won the UFC um, middleweight title in his seventh 
Interim in his sixth. Yes. Unified in, in his seventh. Right. Unified, exactly, in his UFC career. Alex is about to go for it in his seventh MMA fight ever. Right. <laughs> so the fact that we're even like thinking that these two are in the same stratosphere is like crazy to me. But I'm, I started thinking this week, why is that? Why do so many people think that this guy who, you know, other than... And I think it does depend how much you want to put into their past fights. I think that's all of it. And I think it is. Because if Izzy's not the... If, if Robert Whitaker beats Izzy, Alex doesn't get to this title shot But if shot Izzy had unranked. a better overall MMA game, we wouldn't even be thinking about no, it. No, but he does because he's lapped everybody. There's nobody else hang for on, him. On, that this on. is the what, story. What do you mean when you say that, Nate? I think if we have if we hadn't seen the Jan Blachowicz fight where Izzy against another bigger opponent like we're about to see him go against here was... And I'm not saying... Alex Pajeda can take Izzy down, hold him down the way Jan could, but it looked bad. Mm. And we haven't really seen, um, you know, in, in terms of like an overall mixed martial I mean, he's a fantastic, one of the best, if not the best strikers in mixed martial arts, especially when you're talking defensively. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anybody better than Israel Adesanya. But I'm just saying like in terms of like an overall game, I feel like the reason why we think this could be so close is because it's probably not going to play out much differently than a kickboxing match. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think there's definitely there's there's degrees to that, but I think yes, this, it still is MMA. Yeah, it's 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 still MMA, and I think that there's, um, you know, the big difference between like a kickboxing and MMA is once you hurt somebody, you're allowed to keep following up and hitting them, and I think that's what makes the a little bit interesting because like and even in kickboxing, if Izzy gets right back up. And then knockout like with MMA, that's where things just look a little bit different. But the shot Alex knocked Izzy out with was one shot. Right, <laughs> Izzy went out cold. It was and the I same right. shot that he knocked out Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland that counter left, right? Or uh, it was just a left. Yeah, right. yeah. But the thing is, too, is I don't put a ton of stock. Like I went back and watched the kickboxing fights, and I'm not putting a bunch into it. And that doesn't really say or. It doesn't really make a case for either guy. I'm just saying physically, even. So mm-hmm. I think both guys are so much better than than when they fought back then. Physically, mm-hmm. they don't even look like Pajeda looks a lot smaller than he did back then. Don't know if that could help or hurt him here. He looks smaller now, you're saying? Then. Okay. I think he looked a lot like just a little bit more dainty. You know, he's he's a big guy, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and like once again, we just saw Izzy's only professional mixed martial arts loss was to a bigger man. Granted, right. he was able to take him down. I don't know if that's going to happen here, but I'm just saying like... I just, I don't know, and I wanted to ask you guys that is, is it that what we've seen from Alex Pajeda, um, that's why we think this is such a close fight, or is it the lack of what we've seen from Izzy in mixed martial arts, or his overall mixed martial arts game? I think it's just a matter of the, they need a new storyline, because there's nothing left until like a Bo Nickel or Hamzat comes up, there's not a, a storyline that's interesting that's at not the question, 85 though. anymore. I just don't agree with either side of it. I don't think Izzy's got his, his lack of anything, because he's beating everybody. And I don't think Alex gets this title shot without Izzy being the champion. So you don't think knocking out Sean Strickland the way he did as quick as he did, who was on like a five or six fight win streak. Is that more impressive than Izzy knocking out Paula Costa or Robert Whitaker? No, I'm just, I'm just asking. I'm saying Izzy has done those higher level things. I don't think it's him getting, right. But I'm just saying you don't think Sean Strickland knocking out or getting knocked out by Pajeda. Like that's not, that's nothing. I mean, that's, that's, that's a, that's a big win. I mean, but, it's not like he knocked out Brad Tavares and got Israel Adesanya next. That's what I'm saying. I don't even know if he gets to Sean Strickland if Izzy isn't the champ yet. For sure. Yeah, I think he, he still would have had two or three fights before he got... I mean, he got the number three guy unranked. He had, yes. And that John, only happens because it is John, nobody's denying that he didn't get the opportunity because of the story. Yes, he, saying, he was propelled, good. but he why still had to go out that, there. Yeah, why does that matter? Because yeah, what, what I'm saying is... He still had to go out and beat Sean Strickland, which he did, in a very quick and impressive fashion. Right, what I'm saying is this fight is happening. Alex is good, and he 
he's moving up. That's not but it's not because of how good he's doing because he's getting these opportunities. Wait, he knocked out Sean Strickland. Wait, what? what I'm saying is he got the opportunity to knock out. He wouldn't have got to this point. But you still have to saying. deliver. That doesn't matter, you though. You deliver. He's still delivering, though. He is delivering, but I'm just right. saying that... You're negating the delivery no, because of the way he got there. So, right. I'm, I'm saying with your two questions you're posing, I don't think that it's either one. I think it's literally just the storyline okay, of what he's doing. Take the storylines out of it. Just skill for skill, what we've seen from Bejeda is, do we think this is a close fight? Because, and then this isn't even just in this room, clearly the odds makers are even saying it as a close fight. Because I think in most divisions, you know, I'm sure there's exceptions where I could probably think if I thought about it, but if you put a champion against a 7-0, and 6-0 mixed martial arts pro, these odds would be double if not triple like i mean you know a guy like pajeda would probably be like plus three to four hundred against a guy like izzy you know so that's what i'm saying like are people seeing this close because they think it's going to play out because maybe we haven't seen a takedown from izzy or we don't know what his grappling game you know what i mean like what is it why is that i think it's a miss a mix of the history and then there is there is the element of alec doing what he's done, obviously having the two knockouts and then the the real good fight or the dominating performance against Bruno Silva. But I don't, I, I just didn't like, I just don't agree with the aura of it. I do think it's, Bruno it's Silva, here. what about the Sean Strickland? <laughs> no, um, no, for sure. I'm just saying in his three fights in the UFC, I do think that he's shown a lot, but I don't think there's a, uh, it's not close because of a or it's just because Izzy is who he is and Alex is attached to him because of the wins outside of the UFC and he's shown some progression. I think style. I think I I think I would lean a little bit, not a lot, a little bit towards as Izzy has gone on in his career, his wins have gotten closer and closer and yeah, he's become point less too. and less offensive. And I think uh, Alex brings something very much. I don't think Izzy's going to be able to do that in this fight. A because they fought before, so mm. there's a little bit of familiarity. But mm -hmm. B, um, he's just a lot bigger and he's a lot more offensive. And I don't think he's going to be afraid of Izzy the way a lot right. of guys react. I think there is some when you look into the stylistic matchup. I think honestly, I do think that there, that's a big piece as to why this is because I think it is going to be a close fight. Yeah. Um, I just think I think Pereira has the skills to match up, if not beat Izzy in a kickboxing match. Like that's right, and that's right. essentially what I think this plays. But out if to Izzy be. was a more complete mixed martial artist, or at least, and I once again like in the D Rod case, or if we had at least seen it, it, you know, displayed within his fights, we probably wouldn't even be thinking. That. Yeah, like if Izzy finishes the triangle he threw up against Kelvin, or if he scores a few takedowns here and there. I imagine think. if like Izzy had like a lethal clinch, right? Like you know he could get guys in the clinch, like as Anderson Silva, and just really cut. I mean, you know, once again, that's adding another layer to mixed martial arts where you're like, oh, you know, Peta can't handle that. You know what I'm saying? It's mm -hmm. like, but I think just there is that where everybody's obviously seen the kickboxing. I'm not putting a ton of stock in that kickboxing stuff because. I just think it was so long ago, almost in a mm -hmm. sense, and I think both guys, from just rewatching it and what I've seen, you just they're better. And There's, I think Izzy's a different type of fighter now, and it, and it could be for better or for worse, how, depending on how you see it. But in kickboxing, he was very much a stand forward, stand in front of you, throw a lot of stuff, get in the pocket, and you know that's what got him knocked out. But in MMA, you've seen him be a lot more longer, using his distance, using more of the leg kicks and feints. That, that's not a style that he looked like he used as much in kickboxing from the matches that I'd seen. I do think that there, and there's no way to like observe or measure this, but I do genuinely believe that there's a lot of mental stuff that plays into this fight because I do sure. genuinely believe, I think I've talked about this. I, I do think Izzy's a guy who 
he cares quite a bit about his image and oh, what the 100%. fans think. And the past few fights, um, some of the media have asked him, you know, hey, some of the fans have kind of booed this fight. They kind of thought it was boring. And he kind of had a really quick reaction to it. Like, he brushed it off, but the reaction was very quick. I just think that in this fight, that's going to play into this, mm -hmm. plus the history, plus the two losses. Yeah. And I think he may try to make something happen, which is going to feed into Alex's ability to mm -hmm. kind of force Izzy to, to maybe fight a little bit of a different fight that he hasn't yeah. been historically doing. Yeah, because I think if he gets a win here, it's going to be huge for his legacy. But at the same time, I think if he gets a lose, a loss here, I don't, I'm not saying it's going to erase everything that he's done within mixed martial arts, but it's going to be a big stinker that's going to sit on it forever. You yeah. know, because you just, you know, you lost to a guy that only had seven professional fights. You know what I mean? Especially and, depending on how he loses. And depending how he loses, right. So let's get to our picks. Uh, we will start with last place and one point score, John. Yeah, I'm taking Israel Adesanya, uh, third round TKO. Third round TKO. I think the leg kicks are going to come in early, and I think Alex being so aggressive is going to play into Izzy's counter striking. Because Paulo Costa went forward too, and it didn't work. And he ate Yoel Romero's big punches, so and Bruno Silva was able to survive through. So there's a lot of, I mean, there's not a lot of tape to think about what we think about for Alex, but I think Izzy has the a good counter striking game, and I think he's going to stay away from the power. Who you got? Alex, second round knockout. Oh gosh, you guys went way too quick. I genuinely yeah. don't know, man. I go, I, I've literally gone so back and forth in my head. We're gonna say something. I'm not confident. <laughs> I'm not confident. I'm not pick. either. I'm not. I don't care who I pick here. I'm not confident because I do just. I, I just don't. I don't know, man. I just don't think it's gonna play out anywhere other than on the feet, and I just can't help but think that. Go ahead. Well, for me, then it's like, what if, though? What if Izzy comes out and just blasts doubles at legs? And that and could happen as down. well. I'm also interested in scrambles. Like, if somebody, like, say Izzy was able to drop him or Alex goes for a big punch and, like, falls over, if Izzy jumps on his back or, like, I, it's just interesting if any of that even happens. And it's just, I can't help but think, like, how big Pajeda is yeah. for this division. And like yeah. I said, when we just I saw... I don't know how he makes weight. I don't know either, but when we <laughs> just saw him face Blahovich, Israel Adesanya... He just kind of got bullied around a little bit, man, and and not even just on the ground, but even on the feet a little bit, and and I just don't know if he can take that overly defensive approach to this fight against a guy like Pajeda, because I just feel like eventually he's gonna find his chin. I just, I just, I, you know what I mean? Like if he fights it kind of like we've seen him fight a Robert Whitaker, it's like I just don't know if that works against a guy a guy that big, that long, that technical, and that powerful as well. But man, I guy, I'm literally making my pick right here. I swear to you guys, I have mm. I've been going back and forth. But I think in this moment, um, I am going to give Israel Adesanya the the champion's benefit and the veteran, the mixed martial arts. He's got to be the better mixed martial artist. He has mm. to be. You can't have that amount of fights compared. And if he's not, <laughs> it's John. Don't show up next Sunday. <laughs> I'm put, I'm putting it that way. Um, so I will go Israel Adesanya. Um. Boy, I think I've never he, seen Alex go five either. No, no. And we've seen him kind of. I, I think one of these guys third. is going out. One of these guys, I think, is going to sleep. Um, I'll go Israel Adesanya. I'll say fourth round TKO. Um, but man, I am not confident. I would not be sitting, be surprised if we're sitting here next Sunday saying and new. Um, but it's just going to depend the approach, man. And I, mm. and I'm, I'm telling you, I have the belief in Izzy that. He's going to be the better mixed martial artist, and, and he knows he's got to bring something new, right? Mm -hmm. You can't approach yeah. this fight like you have he's everything gotta else. Good. He's got to look he good. He a purple belt recently. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Both guys have to be perfect in this yeah. fight, I think. Yeah. You know, Whoever messes up 
you know, you're gonna have to take a chance. But so if you miss, so the other guy can make. Because if even if you watch the that second kickboxing match, Izzy was having a lot of success yeah, getting so to him, and then Alec man. timed out that left hand. So there's a there's a big element to that. Yeah, so with five rounds, then you got to think maybe that feeds into Alex having I some time know. to make some reads. No, he struggled in the third round of like that Bruno Silva fight. He was kind of gassing out, and then I mean, he even said that the pace that Strickland was putting on him. He's like, I kind of felt like I had to get him out of there because it was getting to yeah. be a little much. It's gonna be interesting, man. They're, I'm telling you guys, my my intrigue is heightened for will, a lot of fights on this card, but this one, I will definitely have tight butthole and sweaty palms. Yeah, the whole fight. I probably won't breathe. You guys will look at me, and I'll just be like this. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting, man. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. You just think about, you just think about. Um, uh, Kamara Usman, right with mm-hmm. Leon, and it's like anything. Who, who saw that coming, right. boys? The oh, I could go all day on this card. Okay, on that fight alone, <laughs> boys. The co-main event: Carla Esparza, the champion, versus Zhang Wei Li. Boys, the champ Carla Esparza comes in off her title-winning bout over former champ Rose Nama Yunus back in May. That win also extended her win streak to six in a row. Five. Excuse me, five of those six wins being by decision. Of Carla's 20 professional wins, only eight have come by way of finish. Um, and that's not too surprising as she holds UFC record 55 minutes uh, of top control time in her division. That's not like all time, but sure. her division, 55 minutes of top control time, along with a UFC record for most takedowns in the strawweight division with 44. Um, so to me, essentially what that shows is she takes her opponent down and typically they don't get back up. Um, almost like, what, two minutes to take down there? Or not two minutes, but something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A little over a minute. <laughs> her opponent, Zhang Wei Li, comes into this fight off her second round TKO win over Joanna Jojacek back in June. Prior to that fight, Wei Li, a former champ herself, was coming off of back-to-back title losses to the former champ, Rose Namajunas. Um, so if you're doing some MMA math, it probably doesn't favor Wei Li, but uh, we all know styles make fights. So, what are your guys' thoughts on this fight, John? We will start with you. Man, I think Carla struggles really bad against people that she can't take down because, like you said, that's her main form of offense. And I think Wei Lee, especially you know, getting that time with Cejudo and things, and I, and I think I thought her wrestling looked has been showing improvement, and she's just so strong. Her ground and pound is so vicious that if she can stuff some stuff from Carla, it would be very, very, very tough for Carla to even. Prov- present much of a fight kind of like the what was it carla and was it joanna is that the fight that carla got beat up really really bad yeah i think so i think it was but i think whaley has all the tools i, I just seen a video of her picking up francis and ganu yeah, so that was nuts yeah. um like I'm it was at, nothing yeah too. she didn't even struggle uh, francis I, probably weighs like two. he said he's like 293 yeah he's got <laughs> huge um but and i think that you know we talked about this after carla won Whaley's on that same card looked a lot better, mm-hmm. um, looked really dangerous, and I'm sticking with that. I think Whaley um, is just going to be a little bit too much, and I think she's going to be able to, st- to negate some of that wrestling, and I don't think Carla offers anything outside of that. So I'm going Whaley second-round TKO. So the Esparza-Rose fight was really weird. Um, mm-hmm. That was just a very anticlimactic, very not very exciting fight. Almost seemed like um, an off fight for Rose. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, weird. they yeah. just, neither one really wanted to engage. I think what Carla had maybe one takedown in that fight, yeah. maybe two. Two. Um, okay, two. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I do think Whaley, I kind of agree with John here. I think Whaley has all the tools. If Whaley believes in herself, man, she has the power, <laughs> she has the striking ability, and now she's got some wrestling to add into mm-hmm. it. Um, In the first round, I believe, with Yoana in their last fight, she got on top and was able to hold uh, you want to down the entire time. I don't know that Whaley's going to be able to take down Carla and hold her down, but what I am saying is that may play into the defensive wrestling. 
But um, I do think Whaley, if she decides to let her hands go, she can put Carla out. Um, so I'm rolling with Whaley. Did you make a pick? Yeah, I said um, second round TKO. Okay. I'll take Whaley three rounds. I'll say unanimous. Five. It's a title, title fight. fight. Title fight. Title yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Mm, that makes it different. Mm, I'll say... I don't think Carla's ever been finished. Has she TKO? Has she ever been stopped? Um, Not sure. Yeah, uh, Tatiana Suarez. Okay, I'll go with Whaley. I'll say third round TKO. Tatiana Suarez, I'm telling you, if she could ever get healthy, <laughs> she is the champion of yeah. this division. Her and Yolanda are the only cow. people that's ever finished her. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what'd you say? Third for, round TKO for Whaley. For Whaley. Uh, yeah, I think this fight's a lot tougher to pick, though. Than, than I think a lot of people may think. I feel very similarly as I did going into the Rose Esparza, and that is if Whaley can keep it on the feet, force the stand-up battle um, with Esparza, I think Carla's in for a very, very long night and could possibly get finished. Um, but I think that's so much easier said than done against Esparza, and she deserves that respect. Um, she's very relentless with the takedowns, and once she does get her opponent down, as I mentioned, positionally, she's probably the best in the division at keeping them down. Um but this one does feel a lot different going into it for me. Um, I feel as worried. Um, I don't feel as worried. I mean, um, about Whaley's bottom game as I did with Roses, especially. Uh, plus, it's really hard watching these training videos of Whaley hitting pads. I don't know if you guys saw that video either. Um, but just watching that and then to not think that she's not like an absolute weapon right now is just kind of ridiculous. Um, I'm gonna go with Whaley here. Um, I do. I do think she needs a finish. Um, Carla just has this way, man, of sneaking out these close decision wins, um, and she just kind of starts stealing rounds from her opponents, and then I think before they know it, they're behind, like like Rose, I think even her corner, they had like this false sense of security that they were winning that fight, and it's like, Carla just has this weird, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, judges, whatever she's putting out, the judges are taking, so I do think Whaley needs a finish, although I don't know if it's going to go there, I kind of want to take a decision for Whaley. Well, it's interesting for Whaley, too, is her confidence has to be at the highest it's been getting that yeah. win against Joanna. And for Carla, she's coming off of a snoozer, so I wonder if she's going to have a little bit of a, a want to kind of go you out there what? and push it. Yeah, give me Zhang Whaley first-round TKO. I, I, I could see her coming out and just getting all over Elbows. Carla. Yeah, just, like she's, a, she's a minus 360 favorite over Carla. Yeah, I could just see her coming out. Like I said, just getting right at it, man. Just Like I said, just getting all over her and, and just Because like when Carla starts getting hit, man, it's – Defensively, it's not there for it usually. Who knows? Maybe Whaley comes out and takes her down. We'll see that a little too, shades man. of Dawson Madsen. Yeah. That could be true too. Brandon Michael Chandler versus Dustin Poirier. Who? So, what we got? Some people have been dubbing this the People's Main Event. I don't know that I agree with that. It's um, a good fight. But it is a fantastic fight. It's going to be a fun one to watch. Michael Chandler. He's two and two in the UFC right now. But don't let that fool you. He's he's got a win over Dan Hooker. He had two losses to Gaethje and then the former champ Oliveira. And then he just came off of that pretty spectacular knockout over Tony Ferg. And uh, Dustin Poirier, he's 3-1 and one in his last four. He has wins over McGregor, who he's beaten twice, and Dan Hooker, who he fought after the Habib loss. And then he has the most recent loss to uh, the former champ, Charles Oliveira, as well. Um, so this fight is going to be a banger. Both of these yeah. guys like to stand inside the pocket and just throw. Um, I think Poirier is the more technical boxer here, but I do think that Chandler has a little more power. Um, Chandler has been dropped in almost every fight that he's fought in, in, in the UFC at this point, other than Hooker. Hooker, yeah. Um, so that's worth noting, but Chandler also does bring a pretty interesting 
wrinkle with the wrestling ability. Um, worth noting, he was a former champion Bellator. Chandler's a very well-experienced fighter. Um, but the biggest question, I think, uh, for this fight is, is to what happens to the winner. Mm. Um, I think the win, you know, winner here, I think depending on who wins, if Chandler wins, I think there's possibility we could see him getting bumped up again for another title shot. Poirier's had two title shots already. He's sure. lost them both. I think if Poirier <laughs> wins, they'd be more likely to give him to Benil if Benil's willing to take a fight if he doesn't want to wait. But uh, that's kind of the biggest unknown as to what happens to these guys after they win. And the top five of 155 has been pretty stagnant as of late with a lot of these same guys. So yeah. that's that's a big question. But the fight itself, um, expect fireworks. These guys are, it's going to be a fun three-round war. I think the best case that for best thing to happen to both of these guys for this fight is Oliveira losing. Because now Islam's a fresh, fresh matchup mm -hmm. for yeah. both of them. So I really do think, I mean, whoever does win, definitely has a case to make for a title shot maybe has to fight one more given the you know especially with Poirier as we mentioned the recency and losses in title fights but wouldn't be surprised given the new champion um and just a fresh matchup that both of these guys could have kind of that case um to make there um but I and I do want to ask you guys a question as well is if Chandler were to lose, um, he's he will have a losing UFC record of two wins and three losses. Um, if that happens, and I hate to use the word bust, um, but do you think he will join the likes of, let's say, a Ben Askren who came in as a one and you one FC and Bellator champ went one and two in the UFC, or even a Will Brooks who came in as a Bellator champ and went one and three? Or do you think he's different because his fights are so competitive and he is fighting at such a high level? Um, it just, I don't know, it, it just seems like he's getting close to his UFC tenure, I'll say, kind of being deemed a failure in a sense because he was brought here to win championships, right. you know, and, and, and compete for titles. Um, he was the replacement for the title fight, his first fight. Sure, absolutely. Or the first opportunity. Well, right after he signed, right. yeah, yeah. So it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like when you look at it a little bit, and once again, like the the Justin Gaethje fight, right? Fight of the year. I mean, it was just a fantastic fight. I think mm -hmm. we voted it fight of the year last year mm -hmm. for our show. Um, it's not like he's, you know, drop, dropped Oliveira, right? I mean, it's not like he's out of these fights. He does look competitive, but at the end of the day, wins are wins and losses are losses. And mm -hmm. the only guys he's beating are the Dan Hookers and the Tony Ferguson's of the world. And I mean, even Tony Ferguson dropped him. So I, I don't right. know. I just, what do you guys, what do you guys kind of stand on there? Cause I've, I feel like as great as Michael Chandler is, when it's all said and done, you know, and he's getting up there as well in age. So mm -hmm. what do you guys think? I think the pinnacle of what he's what he's attempted to do was Eddie Alvarez, right? To actually get to the title, get it. And then obviously he ended up losing it to Connor. But I, I do agree that there's this level of, you know, you lose this fight, you haven't been able to beat any of the top guys. Right. And even like the way he the way he, and it's part of just kind of his style, but if you go back and watch Bellator, he does have where sure. he gets dropped by guys or yeah. gets, you know, gets oh, caught yeah. in a quick choke or, you know, but he has also some really big wins, but they're not necessarily against the top guys. Right. Um, so I think this is his chance to get that off of his back. Yeah. But Dustin's not a guy who loses to guys that aren't high level. I mean, if you look at it's his past like 10 some odd fights none of those losses are the guys who are you know not beating top guys so well that's the thing like you know like i said he he should be competing at the top that's why he came to the ufc right. you know not to just be beating kind of mid-level mid-tier mm -hmm. guys you know so what do you think about it so when, when you threw up the ben astrin comparison to me they were they're totally different like ben astrin looked terrible um to me he was own three yeah. um in his in his ufc time and it was very short um, and I just don't think he brought much. I mean, yeah. It's interesting because we were all watching the Askren fights, 
But after the loss to Masvidal, I was like, man, I just don't know what Ashton brings. And yeah. then the Maya fight happened. To me, Chandler is right up there with the top. Yeah, he lost to Gaethje, but it was a very good fight. Um, it was a war. He stood there the entire time. Um, he lost to Charlie, Charles Oliveira, but who hasn't lost to Charles Oliveira unless your name sure. is Islam? So, and he again, he dropped Charles as well in that first round. Mm -hmm. um, no, I think he's looked great. I think if he, even if he were to leave with this losing record, um, to me, that's not so much, I guess, a, a bust because I think he's done. He hasn't necessarily done what he's came to do in that sense because he did come to win a title. Mm -hmm. But look, man, he came and he showed up and he did absolutely put on some fantastic fights and he's looked good even in some of his losses. Mm -hmm. Can't say the same thing about Ben Askren. Sure. Um, so I feel like, uh, no, I mean, I, th I think he, I think, they're totally different. I think he would be disappointed. If, yeah. Oh, for you know, sure. He yeah. loses this fight. He'll, he, he'll, I don't think he'll ever be somebody who like breaks and like, all right, this isn't for me. He'll keep fighting. But if you don't win this one and you go to, you know, under 500, he, he's going to have to feel a sense of some of that for himself. I just think, yeah. And I just think we talk a lot about former UFC champions that go on to other promotions and maybe don't look great, but we rarely have cases where champions and other promotions come to the UFC. You know, that doesn't happen a whole lot. Right. Um, so I just thought it was an interesting thing because we don't get talk about that as much and it's like when you look at Chandler though he's competitive and his fights are always great and he's mm -hmm. always competitive it's like he's still especially if he loses you know this Saturday he'll have a losing UFC record mm -hmm. so granted most of those fights at the top of the division I understand but I don't know just a thought but let's get to our picks John who are you taking all right out of all of them this was actually the one that I have no clue how I think it's gonna <laughs> it, go saying yeah um, it really is I, I honestly the one thing I was surprised about is to realize how close they are in size because I feel like Chandler's like super small mm -hmm. but he's literally only one inch taller has a half inch less reach like I thought for some reason in my head I thought Poya was gonna be significantly bigger you can't um, always trust those numbers, though. It's like I know. football. Yeah. yeah. Six foot on my tippy toes. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I, I really like Poye in this because I think that although Chandler brings a good edge for wrestling, Poye brings a hell of a guillotine. And I think if uh, Poye is able to start hitting him some and he can get Chandler to, you know, jump for a takedown, he might be able to lash that on. And I think he uses his leg kicks really well, too. So I'm actually going to go Dustin Poirier here, but I do think Chandler's really hard to put out. So I'm going to say Dustin Poirier by unanimous decision. Yeah, this is this is a really tough one to pick for. The interesting thing too is these guys have, I believe, three common opponents. They both fought Charles Oliveira, they both fought Gaethje, and they both fought Dan Hooker. Um, I, I don't. I think if if Poirier is going to win this, he's going to. It's the same thing he did to McGregor in that second fight. Uh, he's just going to swarm him against the fence. He's going to land those hooks he throws, um, and he's just going to eventually put away uh, Chandler. Chandler, I think he potentially has tools to win. I think he could possibly put away Poirier with his one mm -hmm. shot because I do yeah. think he does carry that power. But also Chandler has the wrestling ability. And I, as good as Poirier is at jiu-jitsu, um, I feel like he struggles a little bit with really good wrestlers. So I almost give that edge on the ground to, to Chandler if he were to get it there. So it's tough. Um, I want Chandler to win for the reasons we talked about with him coming over and just having yeah. the short snap. But I just have a feeling it's Poirier is so hard to beat, man. Unless you're Habib or sure. Charles Oliveira. Mm, I wish I knew what you were picking because really that's what it kind of comes down. to. I don't to. think Dustin's ever lost two in a row. <laughs> I don't know. Neither is Calvin Cater, but look what happened. Yeah, there. yeah. I'll go with uh, it was an injury. That's fair. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Michael Chandler. Um, we better not see an injury. I'll say unanimous decision. 
Yeah, this is going to be a fantastic fight. I it is one of those ones where like you don't feel confident or good about right. either pick because both guys just have the potential at any point to win this fight and even go into a decision. You know, th- over three rounds, this fight's going to be fast. It's mm-hmm. going to be. I think both guys are going to come right out and just get after it. Um, I think the implications are interesting, um, as Brandon kind of alluded to. You know, Dustin's a guy. Um, who's been so close so many times, and other than the interim title, he's never been able to quite get that his hands on that gold. And he's at a point where you almost have to wonder how much fighting does Dustin really want to do. He's been very vocal about hating fighting, tough mm-hmm. camps, weight cuts are getting rough on him. Um, you know, then you have Chandler, uh, who regardless how you feel about the questions I had earlier, you know, on his UFC legacy or tenure, uh, the bottom line is, like I said, Chandler was brought in here to win gold, right? This mm-hmm. He wasn't brought here to compete in the middle of the UFC um, brass or, or the roster lineup um and now he's 36 years old so you have to wonder you know what a loss looks like for him Mm -hmm. you know both of these guys um you know this is just one of those ones that kind of feels like a last shot almost for both guys you know you lose here you're looking probably with the way this division is three four straight wins to even get back to a position like this um so but i think in terms of the matchup though i am going to favor dustin poyer um uh Chandler's a very dynamic and explosive striker, but I just think Dustin is one of the best pure boxers in this division in terms of just letting his hands go. Obviously, Chandler has that one-punch power. Like Brandon said, he could finish it at any point. Um, but uh, what are you going to say? I, the, the knockout he had over Tony Ferguson blew me away. Like an, a front yeah. kick like that. Yeah. So that just makes me... And if you could put Tony away like that, which he... Granted, he's got a couple losses now, like the guillotine and sure. the gauge finish, but... Ferguson doesn't typically get finished like that. So that makes me, man, Chandler's just got something different in his yeah. hands and in his legs. Well, so. it makes me nervous that Tony was able to get to him in the first two, though. Yeah. I but, guess. and that's the thing, you know, I think, I think Dustin has a great chin. You know, we've seen mm-hmm. it time and time again, but that's something that's been questionable with Chandler, right? I mean, he has looked a little bit chinny. Um, they both recover really well from getting hurt, I feel oh, like. Oh, very true. That is that is a good point. I think Dustin, obviously, like John said, the jiu-jitsu advantage, and just the, not so much maybe even the grappling or ground, because Chandler is such a fantastic wrestler, but just in terms of being able to finish a fight, you know, within the grappling, I definitely give Dustin the advantage there. Watch Chandler win by, like, rear naked choke. <laughs> um, Leg lock. Yeah, say what? Leg lock. Yeah, heel hook or something crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know. I, I just think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go uh, Dustin here. I feel like that's a safer pick. Probably. Um, what did you take, John? I took unanimous. Chandler's so tough to put away. Yeah, and, and let me say, too, before we move on, I am by no means saying that Chandler, like, when I say the word, but I'm not saying, like, I understand. He is very good. Like, I'm, he belongs at the top of this division. He is one of the best lightweights, uh, but it's just, like, it's just not really working out for him. Right. I mean, if he, fini- so, if he finishes Charles and gets the, the belt, we're not having story. this talk at all, even right. if he loses it because he got to it. But, oh, boy, this is so tough. Yeah, you know what? I, I could just see this playing out like Justin Dustin or uh, – uh, Justin Chandler. Justin Chandler, yeah. Just so knocking just, the crap out of each other. Yeah, so give me Dustin by unanimous decision, I guess. You already took that. Oh, that's what I oh, took. Oh, you took decision? Yep. Dang it. That's because my mind's over here. Like, I'm <laughs> literally, like, all these picks other than the co-main. Like, I feel pretty good about the co-main, but, like, this one's so tough. 
His whole <sighs> card is full of pitching. You know what? Chandler, when he gets dropped, it's usually early. So give me give me Dustin first round knockout. There yep. we go. I mean not a bad one. No. I just and, and maybe he knocks him out, maybe he jumps on him and submits him. I don't know. But that's usually when Chandler goes down. So we'll take that. Also on this cardboard, boys, real quick, Frankie Edgar versus Chris Gutierrez. Uh this is Frankie's retirement fight. Glad mm-hmm. he's getting it at Madison Square Garden, as we've talked about. Then you got Dan Hooker versus Claudio Poyes. Uh, I'm actually taking Claudio in this. Uh, look out for Claudio. Six knee bar finishes. Uh, this guy is... He, Did he finish Guida? Yeah, Clay Guida. Okay, He's the, yeah. They call him the Peruvian prince, but just absolutely knee, uh, lethal with the knee bars. Like, it's just his thing, you know, kind of like OSP with the Von, Von Flew. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just like, just really cool that he has like this lethal knee bar. Um, some other... Brad Riddell versus Rafael Moicano. Um, Crazy top great, of the prelims, yeah, yeah, top of the prelims. That's a great fight. Ryan Spann's fighting Dominic Reyes too, right? Yeah, yeah. There's this this card is really loaded, man, and really loaded on the prelims as well. Uh, we don't have much, but John, let's get to the news. Going on the news, mm, going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. <laughs> All right, yeah, like Nathan said, we're a little bit light this week, but I do want to talk about some pretty big fight announcements. Um, we're gonna lead off with. Tiago Moisés versus Guram Kutelades. Is that, is that close? <laughs> Say Kut- it again. Kutelades. Guram Kutelades. That wasn't too far off. Just the ending. Mm. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I, I, I may have been in the same boat as you, honestly. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have got I think that. you missed a couple of vowels yeah. in there. Either way, great fight. Kutelades. Uh, Guram is... Obviously, his last fight looked amazing. Yeah, go watch... The- Guram versus uh, Demir Ismagulov. Yeah, that's that was a crazy one. And Tiago Moisés is, you know, he's a very good fighter. Um, hasn't had his best showings. Um, Didn't he have a close fight? Wasn't him and Islam's fight close? If I remember, I think it was. Uh, I don't know. I think I can't. Remember. I can't remember exactly. Him and Sarukian were close. Sarukian, yeah, yeah that, was, whew, that was. Maybe that's the fight I'm thinking of. Um, it's a great fight though. Yeah, great fight, and that's going to be on UFC 283 um, in Rio. Then we have Alice Caceres fighting Julian Erosa. That's going to be Vegas, 66, December 17th. Um, and then we have the one I'm most excited for, uh, Anthony Smith and Jamal Hill in the works. To be decided, but that's a really good fight for Jamal Hill. That's a weird one. I felt I like he deserved an Uncle I, I, I know. Well, they gave everybody else up, so I think Anthony Smith's probably tough. all that's left. Yeah, but just... you. I don't know, yeah. Anthony Smith must just be like... I mean, he gets the broadcasting yeah, job with all the they, fights. He must do something for the UFC behind the... I mean, they love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he could lose four in a row. Give him a title shot next week. Right. <laughs> um, we also have Ariel Hawani kind of talking about the John Jones and Stipe fight kind of falling through. He feels like that there's a good chance that Stipe maybe doesn't fight. Um, he says... I. The, dis- the highly anticipated match between Miocic and former light heavyweight king John Jones won't happen in December. Instead, Ariel Hawani reported that UFC will likely try to match up Jones with current heavyweight champ Francis Ngannou in March. I think that's, uh, yeah, that seems like more where it's heading. Uh, he said he feels like the, maybe the UFC offered him like a smaller offer for it, like money-wise, and Stipe just wasn't interested in it. He feels like there's a chance Stipe probably doesn't fight anymore and maybe just rides off quietly because that's just sure. kind of the type of guy he is. Um, but hopefully they get something figured out. Obviously, we know John Jones is ready. Why do? Isn't there an interim champ? Why do I feel like no? Gon just won. He just beat Ty. Who? Who else? I feel like there was somebody else that was like no Aspinall um, and Blades were the uh, yeah. was the other big oh, yeah. matchup. So you might get like Gon Blades next. And yeah, do Jones. That wouldn't be bad. 
uh, huge John Jones was there. fan. Hate him coming back and just fighting Francis for his very first. I would have loved to have seen him get a Stipe fight. Not saying that's a very winnable fight for him, but I feel like it's a at least a little bit of a tune up as tune up can get. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the best fight for him. I mean, but it's just like, I, if, when you're talking about legacy and leaving the I biggest mark possible, come in and do it. If man. he comes in Way and beats lose. Francis as yeah. fights at heavyweight, I mean, there's it's crazy. There's no debating his GOAT status there yeah. on being, one, going up to a whole other division, but then taking out champ first time. Yeah. Um, the last bit of news I have was uh, actually in boxing. Caleb Plant signing for a fight with David Benavidez. Um, I don't know if anybody's seen Caleb Plant's last fight, but he knocked a guy clean out, buried him, Tito Ortiz-style post-fight uh, celebration. Boxing fans didn't like it, but I thought I it was that. great. Um, yeah, and David Benavidez is really, really good. He's been trying to get Canelo. Um, I imagine the winner that might have a really good chance at getting at Canelo. There it is. Brandon, song of the week. Song of the week. I was totally unprepared. Forgot that it was me. So <laughs> we're going to go with Born for Greatness by Papa Roach. Already don't know that one. What? We'll I feel like out. that fits. I feel like it fits into the into the theme for the Adesanya talking about how much this means for his legacy. It's a good one. You might need to listen to it. I mean, John, I have to listen to it when I post it. So. Okay. <laughs> John, what is your one for the people? My one for the people is my. Um, I have a new entry into my top three things I hate doing adulting wise. Okay. Clearing out your email. <laughs> I just got, I keep on getting those like almost out of storage things for not clearing out, like deleting emails. Oh, dude, I just delete mine as they come. I need to, because I probably spent a good like 25 minutes just <laughs> deleting it. Cause you know, you click it and you're going through doing, you accidentally click to open it. And now you're, it was just bad. Do you delete yours? No, absolutely not. Really? No. Do you, do you buy oh. extra storage? No, I haven't had an issue with that, I guess. Oh, man. It drives me nuts. I have a couple of different emails. Well, though. I buy stuff offline a lot, so I get a lot of like... I have like more of a professional emotion. email and then like a kind of mm. not so professional. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I check my email. Is like that for your online gambling? Yeah. yeah. I check my email like four or five times a day because I just can't do... Yeah. And I unsubscribe. That's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just unsubscribe from stuff. Mm -hmm. that's, what, that's what I was doing last night. That and Ugh. putting up all my base cards in a big box. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw them away, John. Brandon, what is your one for the people? Uh, one for the people. So World Cup's coming up, guys. Yeah. I'm actually getting, so I haven't watched soccer cannot wait. consistently since probably the last time the U.S. played. Ten days away. Yeah, from Wales. Like two weeks. So we got Wales and then England. Um, we have a winnable. We have a chance to get out of the group. Yeah, and that hasn't happened in a long time. So what I'm saying is, for anybody who's not a soccer fan, you should tune in this year. Oh, it's gonna be so fun. Yeah. Um, it's a good time. It's winter. Not a lot going around unless you like basketball, which who likes basketball. So uh, tune in. It's going to be fun. I, I just, outside the U.S., who do you like? International or like club? Yeah, international. Um, I like Republican of, of Ireland, obviously, some nice. Irish roots. But in terms of who's fun to watch, Italy's always fun to watch. Spain's always fun to watch. Italy's not even in it this year. Right, right. But that's why this is a fun year. There is uh, Black Friday, day after Thanksgiving, USA versus England. Yep. Massive. It is going to be massive. They're saying it's going to be one of the largest, uh, most watched sporting events. Pulisic, um, that's the big U.S. guy, right? Christian Pulisic, yeah. Yep. Yeah, if he can stay healthy. Not good at it. <laughs> he struggled <laughs> for that for a while, but we'll see. I'm excited, man. I love love soccer, especially love internet. There is just nothing. I don't care if you don't like soccer. There's nothing like international World Cup soccer. It is the best. I agree with Brandon. Tune in. My one for the people. This Tuesday, I cannot wait, boys. I am finally coming back to jujitsu. I've been back to jujitsu. Are you rolling? But I'm going to try to roll. I haven't rolled. My, um, I think we're literally like right at a year little over a year, maybe like a year and a it's week. It's over since you, well, because you, it was in October. <laughs> I think I, I broke it like October. 
it was like two or three days before Halloween. It was like uh, the Monday, the Monday mm. before Halloween last year. So, so what are your expectations? Um, oxygen. Who's your Lack first of, role? It has to be Jacob. Yeah. He's the one that You broke said my that. Hand. I was curious if you'd yeah. stick with that. It has to be. I've already texted him. He said he's going to be there. Yeah, it has to be him. I've got it because it's like I just got to get that monkey off my back. I, not, I feel like it might help. It might hurt. I don't know. <laughs> he might hurt me again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited. I, I'm very interested. You got um, people calling you out. Listen, yeah. Chase is, he was doing push ups oh last God. night. I was using the garage just doing push ups. I'm telling you, he's, he oh, thinks he's ready Chase, for you. Chase. Yeah. He was doing power cleans. Hey, I will say it's you're on his vision board. The good thing for him is it's ghee, right? So yeah, and he thinks it, he's better in ghee. That's even, uh, that makes it a little bit more tiring for me. Yeah. Who <laughs> hasn't rolled in a year? <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I miss it. I love it. Um, Sucks I can't do it more because of work, but was it which really makes it because I was going to get back into it, back to rolling. I was I I was drilling. I was back drilling. I've been back drilling since like I think March or April. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in August it got moved to second shift. So I was going to come back after my vacation just in case. I was waiting until after that in August, and then as I'm boarding my plane, I get called and told. So is hey, it going to be once a week? What do you? What do you? No, this we just have Tuesday off for election. Oh, this is day. just kind of a random. Yeah, I can't. You get an off for election day. Yeah, That's election cool. day and Veterans Day yeah, this well, week. Good cool. for you guys. That's three cool. three day week coming, John. Yeah, let's go. Come back next Monday, folks. We are going to recap UFC 281, and I'm telling you, if the style bender goes down, you'll want to be here to hear John. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Tuesday. It's going to be a good week. It is going to be a good week. We will see you guys. Peace. Peace out.